This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Good. Just uh, overall thoughts on that one. Overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we... So as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It's like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started with, back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top-end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. you got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. Well, Jets fans, well, Winnipeg, well, province of Manitoba, well, Jim Toth, uh, I think we have officially hit rock bottom. Rock bottom, really? I think this is rock bottom. Yeah. I think this is rock bottom. Well, I, I think, I think well, a lot, well, 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 I think everything has now come to a head. There's everything's yeah. on the table. There's no secrets left. It's it's obvious what's going on and what's happening here. The Winnipeg Jets losing last night 4-1, uh, losing in five games to the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, of course, um, we'll wait to hear from the, from the players who eventually will speak. We'll hear from the general manager, of course. Uh, we'll hear from Rick Bonus again with his um, very, very honest assessment of not just this past series and of last night's game, which we are going to get into, um, as well as the entire back half of the season starting in January and February but I, I think this is rock bottom. I, I I think this is where things can only well they can keep going down. Let's let's be honest here. They can keep going down, but I I think it'll be it's going to be different now. Like there's no more, there's Jim. There's no more of this. Let's try this again next year. Oh, new coach. Oh, maybe just a, a you know we'll bring in a, another winger. Maybe need the team needs another center. Maybe another depth defenseman. It's all out there on the table now. There, there's no hiding. There's no secrets. It's all out there. You mean Paul Maurice wasn't the problem? Well, I mean, if anybody, <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. And Rick Bonus is not the you problem. Mean, I'm hearing the GM needs to be fired all day today and has for a while. And apparently he doesn't draft well anymore. He doesn't sign good contracts. Um, he doesn't deal with the toughest job in the NHL of trying to bring players in. Uh, which Darren Dreger was on my show yesterday and uh, reaffirmed that they did try to move on from core pieces like Shifley and Wheeler last summer, mm-hmm. and the return just didn't make them better than, we'll than bringing in, them back. We're going to get so. into all this stuff. But, last but night, I, last I wanna, night, let's okay, go ahead. I want to start with talk this. about last I, night's I, game. I, I'm always here front and center. I'm always yeah. getting back to people on tour. I picked them to win this series. So did I, and they did not. I said in and six I, games, and I stand by that. And I will sit here to the nth degree. And I don't think it's rock bottom. I think Sean Reynolds actually was on the show from yeah. Sportsnet. And he, and think he, he said, said five, I think he said five games they were going to lose. Yeah, them. I so, think that's what he said. And, and we don't have to get it. We can if people want, but we don't have to get into why I thought they're that evenly matched. Blah, blah blah. Yeah. But to back to my comments from the past three days, 
it's now time for change. And people say, well, it was yeah. time for change two years ago. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, I, I, I agree with that. You, you had a run to the Western Conference final in 2018. The contracts and the ages of these players that are all, I'll go to the nth degree to argue that they're good players. But that's what makes this so horrific, that effort last night. Yeah. But so I'll say you have 2018, 2019, 2020, 2022, 2023. Those are the far four or five years when you build a core and draft well and get them signed. You build and augment around and make a run. And it's clear now that it's just not working. It's not good enough. No. Now it's, it's not going to work. It's it's and change has to be made. Yes. I saw players last night that did not put an effort in. Again, yes. in a key moment in the season. Without a doubt. I've seen people go for harder skates at the forks on Sunday afternoons. And I'm I, I said this earlier with some colleagues, it's it's funny blah blah blah. It's not funny. Like it, it's, this is the most, I've always said this, the most damning thing you can say about an NHL player is effort. And you cannot have it some nights. You could not, you know, you could be dealing with an injury. You could be this and that. Rick bonus is dead on in the fact that when things are easy, this team is really good. When things get hard, they don't want to put the work in. I'm going to play a clip here. Or the effort. I'm going to play a clip. This is from May 1st of last year, almost a year ago, and here's Paul Stasny. But it starts off with with Blake Wheeler. Like I said, responsibility lies on the players to whatever is put in front of us to execute it, and we didn't do it. But that's also as players. Let me jump in here. Is we got to be held accountable, whether it's player on player, and we got to have more respect for each other. And when you don't have that, when you don't care about the teammate next to you, potentially, and you just care about, you know, what you're doing or certain individual things, you know, that kind of starts bleeding the game. If guys are held more accountable, if there's more respect for each other, um, you know, I'll give you an example. Was uh, Who was it? It was Vancouver. I think they lost the game in overtime for like 10 games ago, and Boudreaux called out one of their players. And it sucks. It sucks when something like that happens. But that player, I think the next game they played that same team at three points, was plus three. The next game, he was better defensively. Like, all it takes is one time to get embarrassed, and everyone hates it. And it's happened to us, whether it's in juniors or college or professional, and you learn from that mistake. But that's what needs to happen. But you also have to uh, have, like, self-awareness. You also have to realize that um, sometimes you do have to sacrifice a little for the greater of the team. So what changed? That, that And, Jim, that's why I'm at, I'm at the point right now where I, I'm not going to let the general manager off the hook a little bit here with Kevin Sheveldayoff. I think... I, I look back at his tenure and I see much more good decisions than bad decisions. But this is what this is what was going on last year too. And there was an idea that okay, we're not gonna we're gonna run this back. We're gonna give this another try. We're gonna keep the coat. We're gonna get a new coach. The team's gonna be rejuvenated, and it worked. It worked up until January. Things got tough, and the team went right back to the way it was before. And it wasn't like. It wasn't like the organization wasn't aware for years that this was a consistent problem with this organization. So I'm not willing to say that Kevin Chevaldeoff. I, I I I I think that he has part in blame in this entire situation. Well, I, look, I, I never want to alleviate him from blame. Yeah, I just argue that he's done a bad job. Yeah, he's not done a bad job, but it is his job to make this work and figure it out. Um, so again, like I, I it's time for change now. And it's the most difficult job in the NHL, but it's his job. He's got to yeah. do it. Yeah. 
But here's why I feel, this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. why it wasn't changed last offseason, why so many people are arguing it. Because you flew Mark Shifley out there, and 20 teams apparently were interested. I heard double-digit teams were calling about Blake Wheeler. There's no doubt I, I believe I have no doubt in I have no that. doubt in this. But the problem is, is so you look at this roster, and they go, here's a third-line center, uh, a fifth defenseman, and a pick. So do you make that trade with this roster you have and and go for it? That's dis- where the contracts are and everything else. If mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Ken. yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. a trade was equal, if you could get equal value for Shifley or Wheeler last year or better, why wouldn't he make that trade? Well, I a hundred percent agree with that. So then, why is it such a mystery that this was run back again? Because well, I, they I said have that this last entity year. that for three months of the year, and when these guys want to. They they are good. They play well. So now it's a different story. Now it's a story of there's one year left. I don't need, I don't know if I want to keep them or not, but I got to find out. And if they don't want to, now I have to do it. Yeah. But last off season, again, what would we be talking about last well, off season if Shifley was shipped out for a third line center and a fifth defenseman well, and a pick? So Jim, you're right. The, the course of action over the summer to get a new coach, new vision, and stuff like that, it 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 was working. It was working. What did and Shifley then the, say? And then the wheels fell off. What did Shifley say? It's refreshing. It's the yeah. new direction. Oh, I'm it's pumped. so nice. It's so exciting and all this other stuff. What did he say when they went down to Florida and beat Maurice? I just want to emphasize what a great coach we have and how great it is, blah, yeah. blah. Okay, and great. Then, and then the criticism came. So what happened? Just like what Paul, what I, that's why I wanted to play that clip from, from Paul Stasny. So what happened, Because as Mark? soon as that started, everything fell off, the, everything fell apart. And they got it together in the last little bit. They, they salvaged something. And yeah, they had a great first game in the playoffs. They, that was one of the best games they played all year. They played fantastic the first 30 minutes of game two. And then sit at that point, and then a great third period in game three. Other than that... That's what they're, they're fighting for. That's behind. what I find, and and I love all opinions. They sucked yesterday, Jim. They were the, that first forty minutes was atrocious. It was awful. I can't. I can't. I, I can't explain how poor the effort was yesterday. I'm fired up because I'm ticked off. I was thinking they were going to come out there. They're going to put it all on the line. You come out with an effort like that. After, there was not a single second in that game where they were engaged. In the first 40 minutes, and then finally at the end of it, they try to salvage something when it's it's garbage time at that point. But there was not a not a split second that they were that they had a ch- that they were in control or that they had a, they were in on that game or they were engaged and they were involved. You know, there what? was they, and, and okay, Josh Morrissey wasn't was injured. Okay, that's fine. That's a huge piece. Mark Shifley was out. Okay, Nick Ehlers is just starting to. Come back into coming off the postseason. There's bumps and bruises. I mean, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know what's going on with Pierre Luc Dubois. He had a terrible series. He might have been injured. You know, Kyle Connor. He had a be great the, game one. Yeah, he had a great game one. But, but that that's what I'm talking about with this team. So when you're asking why changes haven't happened until now, look at game one. It's it's a conundrum. That's what it's it, a conundrum. That's what it could be. That's what it should be. Is game one. That's what it could be is the first three months of this season. That's what it should be. That's why it wasn't changed. Because when you're talking about change and it makes the roster worse from what it potentially could be, that's why he didn't do anything. It's, it's on the players. And now the situation, the team is forced know, to do it. The team is forced to do it now. Now, as we know, this is why it has to be changed. Yeah. If they lost in five games and played every game like they did yesterday, 
then I would be sitting here going, you're all right. It should have been changed last year. But they wouldn't have made the playoffs if that's how they played. The most frustrating, infuriating thing, I think, is why people are so angry and so mad. And what I hear from them from fans that are so disgruntled is because it's not a bad team. It's a good team that <laughs> yeah. plays badly. Mm-hmm. And that's the frustration. If they were a crappy team, nobody would be upset. They'd be like, we're lucky to get this far. <laughs> it's true. I'm, we're I'm all with you. upset because they should be what game one is, and they could be, and they're not. In, in Within Canada, in which, you know, the, the hockey media, we were not, when we picked the Jets to win the series, we weren't, we weren't like outliers, Jim. They don't know everything, but we weren't outliers in, in saying, hey, the Winnipeg Jets, they're starting to get things together. Connor Hellebuck, all this other stuff, hey, it's starting to work again. It's starting to come back. We, we, we weren't like on an island when, we, when, we said, when, I, when I said that, when you said that. I will go into a bar and accidentally spill beer on a biker gang with Mark Stone and see what happens. <laughs> I do that with, yeah. you know, what I saw some of the effort last night, and I'm running out the back door as fast as I can. And my point to this is, that's a gamer. That's a guy who takes every shift and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know what it is, like, but this is, like Rick Bonus said a couple weeks ago, look in the mirror. If you don't, if you think you're giving us your all, you can't. So I don't know, like, like why. And look, I'll be honest. Their best player for three months now has been Adam Lowry, and he wasn't very good last night. And I'm not here to bash Adam Lowry. I'm just trying to point out good players. It happens in certain games. It does not happen for this long. It's time for change. And for mm. everybody who thinks Kevin Cheveldayoff won't make change, I will take that bet all summer long. Yeah. No, and it's, it's not because of the contracts. It's because of 2018, you had all this potential and skill and development and a five-year run to augment it. And they've augmented it. They've changed the coach. They've gone in different directions. They've brought in different players. They needed defense. They went and made a two trades for that. They, they need another center. They went and got a bona fide all-star center. Yep. And it just, none of it's working. So now it's time for change. Change is going to happen, people. Yeah, let's let's take a break. Let's come back. There's tons to get to. We've got tons of text messages. We're going to open the phones. I'm going to stick around for another half hour from one yeah, until, one on until three. Toth we're going to open phones on uh, the Jim Toth show. Uh, I'm going to be sticking around for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you're going to call. Uh, we'll do that just after one o'clock. Lots to get to. Tons of text messages. Guys, I, I'm not going to be able to get to everybody, but I uh, really hope that we're going to... I'm going to read everybody. There's no doubt about that. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun. Much appreciated. How are you doing today? I'm all right. It's Friday. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of action going on here on the radio station, particularly on the Jets at Noon program with Jim and myself, if you haven't been listening. Uh, I'm I'm a little disgusted, a little disappointed, but I think you guys are doing all right. Uh, I found uh, comments. You don't like our effort today? I I actually got comments in the locker room from Bones. I got some exclusive content. Like there was a a live mic. Okay. And this is what it sounded like. You're telling me that my menu f***ed him up on the grill. He couldn't couldn't deal with it. Couldn't deal with what? Putting a bowl of soup out that's already made for him. Well, that was, yeah, it was shown. It was when are brilliant. you guys going to stop around with Ramsey. excuses? Little bit. When's one of you going to step forward with a pair of bollocks <laughs> and give me some f***ing honesty? Because I don't know where you were because that was f***ing shocking. Let me tell you something. You made a good decision. You pushed the button. Whether you like it or not, it was too f***ing late. 
an hour and a half late. So whose fault was it now? Chef, I'm out of here. <laughs> yourself. Exclusive content there. It is City the CGMB. power play the Jets risotto? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> it's a big mistake. But, uh, uh, you know what I like about it is he added the English accent in because that always instills fear. Yeah. So good for bonus for recognizing. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely was an episode of the UK Kitchen Nightmares or anything <laughs> like that. That was actually comments from the locker room with Bones. Thanks, Je uh, thanks, Jeff. You bet. Enjoy your weekend. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, everything's fine. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take a look. I, I got some text messages here. I haven't. Well, my goodness gracious, we got lots. But uh, I'll read a couple here, Jim, and then we'll we'll continue this discussion. This one is from Reuven. It's not so much the fact that the Jets were eliminated, but it was the fashion in which they lost a do-or-die game. There was absolutely no sense of desperation until it was too late, i.e. with uh, eight minutes left and the goalie pulled for the extra attacker. Uh, Chris Harvey says, I don't get the Chevy hate. Yeah, this year didn't work out, uh, but think he was right that these players should have been contenders. They let him down. He deserves a chance to make the changes needed. Uh, this texter says, uh, someone needs to remind the players of the Jets' motto, fueled by passion, because they are certainly lacking in that area, watching the other teams playing, and it's obvious. Uh, this from BW, hey guys, it took this loss and this coach to open people's eyes. It's the last coach. The last coach created this team's culture. A couple of key guys are tainted. A blind man can see that. BW, I do not. <laughs> I think that... I. I I, I think that uh, bonus has opened their uh, opened people's eyes completely to the situation uh, with this roster, but I put almost no blame on the foot of, of Paul Maurice for this current situation of this team. First of all, um, uh, perhaps uh, there was some situations and, and some mistakes that, that Paul Maurice made, but this is the second coach, um, the third coach, actually, if you include Dave, Dave Lowry. And uh, I actually listened to the entire press conference when, when, I don't know when why Paul people... Maurice resigned. I, I guess because that. fans love their players. I don't know why they don't want to blame players. Yeah. It's it's obvious like I, to me. I, I'm a Shovel Day Off defender. Okay. I'm a Paul Maurice defender. That's what I've been labeled at. Okay. I You know, at this point, this how, will be interesting. You, how, could you watch that game? how could you watch that game yesterday and not blame I the would players. actually like to see another GM come in here right now, and apparently all the floodgates will open. People will love to come here. It's Winnipeg. And all these star players will get trades will open up like there's no tomorrow, and an influx of talent and and people who will he, come he, to Winnipeg he, to play for the Jets. Here's the question, Jim: What, what do we need? Kevin Chevaldeoff is going to speak in the, over the next few days. Here, what do you need to hear? What do we need to hear from him? Well, here's, I think I think we need to hear some honesty from him, and I don't want to hear the same. He's he like everybody's listening to Chevaldeoff in, in speech or whatever. It's always the same messaging and respect to all that other stuff. I think we need some honesty. I think he needs to say, yeah, there's going to be changes here in the summer. I, I think I think that needs to be said. So here's the thing about Kevin Chevaldeoff that I will say: he said at the trade deadline he believes this team can win a Stanley Cup. He did. He did say that. Maybe some people agree, some people don't. I think they're a playoff team, and they should have done way better than they did. But whoever is going to make these changes has to be here. So he's got two years left on his contract, right? We're talking mm -hmm. about trading two centers, potentially a Vesna-caliber goaltender, potentially, and maybe you know a, a winger if they can do something with Wheeler. And you keep Connor, Ehlers, Morrissey. Hopefully you keep Hellebuck, but who knows? Yeah, you have to wait. It's a and then you have this. But whoever does this has to be here for it. Like you're not going to change the core of this team this offseason and then in a year from now fire the GM. 
whoever does this change, like that's why Barry Trotz is now with Nashville. Yes. They were selling off at the deadline and they hired him the day of and said, he's going to take over for David Poyle next season, but he's got to be here involved in this process as they were selling off assets. Yeah. When it, when it probably was a Trotz's preference to sit the, sit the entire year out, but they had so to bring him in. If it's Shevel day off, he's got to be here for it. And if it's not Shevel day off, then they have to make a move right now. It, it has to happen before the draft. Yeah, it does. So this is, and I know he's only got two years left, but to me, you're going to deal two to three core pieces, try to get back what you can, bring up the youth, maybe sign somebody if you can, if somebody will come here, that, that's and why try the, to go in a new direction. That's why now, the, the three-year reason, extension made no sense to the me. The reason why I say you never blow it up, because a blow-up is everybody. If you want to blow up your team, you're not trading Appleton. You're not trading Morgan Barron. Mm. No one will give you anything for them. No. So if you're blowing up your team, you're trading everybody that has value. But that's why I've always said you're not blowing this up. You're going to change it. So you're going to change two to three pieces, and you're going to move forward with the Josh Morrisseys, the Kyle Connors, the Nick Ehlers of the world. And you have to, whatever you bring back. But whoever does these changes has to be here for it. Well, I, I think Do they that, not? Yeah, but I think that was already set in stone that that despite what was going to happen this year, Shevel Dayoff was being the guy that was going to leave. Why else would there have been a three-year contract extension, Jim? When they then they signed it when he did get it, there was it was always the decision that after he was going to handle this because why else would there be a three year contract extension? Why wouldn't it have been two? Because it's one year at the end of this. I mean that's something, but two like three years. Well, that's what I mean. So, like why, so for everybody why, screaming about why him was being fired. Three, but why was there three? Why was there a three year contract? Because that's what you sign, or else you don't sign, and you go you go get another GM job. That's the other part about Rick Bonus that I've always said that people were missing out last night. He signed a two-year deal. Coaches don't sign two-year deals. They sign three-year deals. They get two years to do what they can do, and then that third year is never a lame duck season, right? It's yeah. always like extended I, or— Either you're sticking around or you're getting He go. signed a two-year deal, I believe, because he's 67 years old and was going to retire anyway, but he liked the opportunity to come in here and work with this talented group and see what he could get out of them. So I think Scott O'Neill is the next head coach. I think he's here for this so year and next because that's so when the contracts run out, right? Yeah. That's when Shifley, Dubois, Hellebuck, Wheeler, that's when those deals are done. So I I specifically think that's why he got two years. I will work with this group. So I, again, I I have never been more sure about anything. So 100% want, there are changes coming. So, But what do we need to hear but from? Whoever what do does those changes from, have to be here for two to three years. What do we need to hear from Shevel Day Off? Do we need to hear the same old stuff, or, or do we need a no, little no, bit that's, more No, no, that's not going to fly, clearly. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna, he's going to have to address how he thought this was a Stanley Cup contending team. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not, like, again, people can, everybody's opinion is valid and welcome. But it, it, my opinion is this is a good team that just continuously underperforms. And and at key moments, yeah. When so, it's when the so, chips are down, so he's yeah. got to address that. He's yeah. got to he he will be asked well, why this didn't work and what he's got to do to change it and what you're looking for. But whether he does or not, I'm not sure he will. Um, but whoever makes these changes has to sort of see it through. I don't know if you can trade two centers and potentially well, a goalie. The, the yeah, it was like how long does this? How long do we take a look at this and say? When does this need to happen? It needs to happen quickly. I, I, I think if this, if these contracts and these issues and all the stuff isn't dealt with until late August or September, I think that that's 
I don't think that's good. The, 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 the lateral moves are making the team better or at least keeping it even. That's, that's not happening heading into this season. Do you think that, that there's a possibility that when the moves are made and the changes do happen, that there's going to be a lateral move or it's going to be a move. Perhaps it'll be a move and you'll say, okay, it makes sense during when the season is underway. But the idea of there being, you, you getting pound for pound here. I I'm, I'm not so certain. I mean, like you have a 42 goal score, Mark Shifley. I, I, I mean, I could be totally wrong about this, but I don't see. Hey, let Mark me ask Shifley you this. Here. I'll even go to the guys they're dealing. Do you think Mark Shifley's a bad hockey player? No, I think he's got forty-two. I think he's got forty-two goals, and I think that on a, on the contract that he's he is, a high-caliber all-star s- offensive player who struggles defensively at six point one two five. I think at forty-two goals, I think he's a valuable commodity to several uh, clubs in the. So National this is hockey. the other thing you bring up a very valid point. Their teams, whether they re-sign him or not, will jump at the at the getting a forty goal scorer, eighty point guy for six seasons in a row prior to this. Oh yeah, for yep. six million, hundred percent, and they won't care about the following year. No, they'll be looking at this in a cap world. The Carolinas of the world. I, I can think of a what few does Carolina teams. need right now? They need scoring. Do they need to be better defensively? No, they need scoring. Yeah, you don't think they would look at? They were looking at Timo Meyer. <laughs> you don't think Carolina would look at this and go, hey? I'll take a on a one year where I'm not committed past that. So there'll be a market for it. But then let's go further. Is Kyle Connor a bad player? No. He's but he's one player. of the guys that looked like he was going for a Sunday skate at the Forks. Yep. Pierre Luc Dubois, a bad player. No. No. But he's another guy that last night looked like he was going for he was disengaged. a skate at the he, Forks. He was disengaged. But when he's engaged, like watch out. When he's engaged, he's arguably the best player on this team. So what they got to do is, if they're dealing these, is sort of th- that's why you don't blow it up, right? Because you got Ehlers, you got Connor, you have some assets. Maybe, and Darren Dreger said this yesterday. They want to take a good, healthy run at Dubois, and I think they have to. Yeah, and I think that good, healthy run means would you stay for nine or nine and a half? How long? How, what's the timeline on that? Well, you you deal with it before the draft. I need to, to know who yeah. wants to resign, who doesn't. I think the timeline is today. Yeah. I think when they land from Vegas and do their exit meetings tomorrow or Sunday, part of those exit meetings are we really want you back. Do you have interest in that? The one thing I'm certain long term, not like we yeah. really want you back, but are you interested in that? And then you let it go and then within a week you're calling their agent. You go through May saying what's going on with you and I need to know by May 15th. Yeah. And then you start the conversations going into the draft in June for the next two weeks. Yep. You send out the emails. Hey, we're looking at moving this guy. Who wants, who's interested in what can we get? They have to happen. And then I think that not, I'm not saying that, that there shouldn't be patience and, and negotiations and further like that, but this isn't something that can drag out for months. It, 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 it there's, it's time sensitive. I think there's gotta be some, there's gotta be some clarity here. And I think it has to happen by the draft. That's my that's my opinion. So anyway, I just I'm fascinated by this because like I said, whoever does it is going to be here for a while. Yeah. Like you're not you're not making these moves in the offseason, go into next season and say like say there are much on paper, they yeah. don't they're not as good as a team. They make the playoffs or they don't, but the same thing happens first round exit or they don't make the playoffs. You're not firing that GM then. I, I'm I'm not in the camp of or of, are you of firing uh Kevin Chevaldeoff, but I, I'm also not against there being um, a new vision, uh, somebody else stepping into the, the reason into, into I'm the fascinated and moving and moving Chevrolet off, off over to another portion of the of the organization. The reason I'm fascinated by this offseason, Cam, is when 
his hands have been tied, when he's been forced to do something, he's made out quite well. It's true. When he hasn't been forced, he's done some good things. Nobody drafts as well as them. And he always puts that on his scouts, and rightfully so, blah, 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 blah. Nobody signs better contracts than him. And if you don't believe me, look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. Have they ever not had to dress a player because of the cap? Have they ever not been able to have a player in their lineup or ATO a goalie or something because of the cap? So those are the things he does well. But it's an interesting job because I, if it's him that does it, I'm fascinated by what he does, what he can do, and how he goes about it. And well, it's, but then I'm also fascinated if it's him. And I'm not saying he needs to go like some people are or anything. I'm just the guy who does this in my mind has to be around for the change. Yeah, and it's longer than that. So there's two years after that. If if there is change, and then there's one season, and it's you're two you're long... two years away from seeing the Rudd McGordys and and the Chaz Lucius's be Cole Perfetti. Yeah, I I, I think there's and so I, over I, I, that time, I'm not giving up completely. I think this is a retool situation. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a total retool, re- review what's going on here, and then make changes. But there's some there's some pieces that need to that need to there needs there needs to be a decision made, and they need to move on from. Yeah, and I don't I don't think it's just the ones we're talking about either. Like I I think there's a number of of. I also wonder, I no, I don't wonder. I also think they need to look at the direction. Like, so at the deadline, I was the guy who said they should go for it. They yeah. should load up, augment this lineup, and go for it. That would have been a disaster. Well, I don't, would it have been? Like, I don't know. Is, would Timu Meyer last night? So say the injuries know. are like, the injuries. I mean, it's, I mean, would Timu Meyer and Jake Chickren have helped this team? It's a stupid comment on my part because you never know. You never know what the Well, it could happen. be just as stupid as yeah. my part because maybe they, they would be in the same boat and then you've lost your entire future. But after the deadline, when I said they should go for it, I was reminded by several people, including a couple of insiders, that said Winnipeg can't do that. They can never, ever mortgage the future. The future is the one way they know they have a player for seven years. Mm-hmm. It's the only guarantee they have. Yeah. So, like, the idea of them dealing first-round picks to load up at a deadline is – some insiders think it's they'll never do that because, like, that's the only way you know you're going to have a player for seven years. And they've had a pretty good run at keeping them. But I'll tell you this. I want to end this segment with this. Yeah. When it comes to season tickets and direction of the club and all of that, I believe the majority of the fan base will pay money to watch 20 Nito Nita riders play the game of hockey and Adam Lowry. I know the city of Winnipeg pretty they, good. They they love they love their skill and their Timu Solanis and their yep. all the ninety points and and f- potential fifty goal scores just as much as any other NHL city. But after what they've seen for the past two to three years with the highly skilled players, they will watch twenty Nito Nita riders and Adam Lowry's work their ass off night yep. in and night out. Yep. As opposed to watch some guys score 10 goals in 13 games and then be no show for five in a row. 100%. Without and that's what I believe. No, I believe that too. I, I 100% believe that. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Uh, 204-780-6868. We're going to open the phones. I'm going to be sticking around a little bit longer. We'll open the phones at 1 o'clock, 1 of the clock, and we'll, we'll chat with you guys for about a half hour. Lots of text messages. Again, I can't get to everybody here, but I, I'm reading them. I am reading them. That's for sure. All right, we'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Um, I really admire Blake Wheeler. And particularly, I mean, eight minutes. 
at the end of that game that they can figure out how to how to put pressure on and keep the and, and keep the puck out of their out of an out of an empty net. But Blake well, that Moore, was part of the issue. They yeah. they played eight minutes with no goalie better than they played the entire previous two and a half periods. Yeah. It doesn't make like any sense. Like it's an advertisement for their own deficiencies. With, without, this is what we could be doing. Without a doubt. And I got to give props to Blake Wheeler. That hand pass, you know, okay, it was illegal and the goal got got disallowed. But he was at center fighting for the puck at the center dot for anything to do. Like he, he knew that goal wasn't going, that goal wasn't going to count. But he knew that any way that he could get that puck out, he was going to do it. You know how I feel. He's not the same Blake Wheeler, but he's pretty good. Then that's, he's not a third liner. You know, Jim, he got six points in five playoff games. And how did Adam Lowry do? And that's the problem is that those were your two best forwards in that entire in that entire series. And that's the issue. More than a point a game player in the postseason. Yeah. And people tell me all year he's done. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB.